Thanks for listening to the podcast of First Alliance Church in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. For more information about our church or to watch a video recording of today's message, visit us online at facws.org. Why don't you all have a seat and turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 4. Olivia is going to pass around a letter that I have written for you to take home. Some of which you should have already seen. Y'all go ahead and have a seat. I'll be up here for 10 minutes. It's awkward. (laughs) So practice some of that social distancing. In 1918, the Spanish flu tore through the United States, killed tens, hundreds of thousands of people, millions were sick, and they still to this day don't have an entirely accurate account of how many people died nationwide or worldwide, but we know that it was more died from this disease than died even in World War I, which was going on at the same time. And at the time, churches and different institutions were faced with a difficult decision and they had to follow the advice of their health committees as they were called, or health departments as we call them now. And in certain cities, gatherings were banned. And even today, we face that reality. Certain states have banned gatherings of more than 100 or 250 or otherwise. And it is possible that after this Sunday, we will not meet for a few Sundays. And we even contemplated canceling today. We personally called all of our seniors and told them about the virus and indicated that it might be wise for them to stay home and to follow the advice of their doctors and healthcare professionals. In 1918, this church closed everything except for Sunday morning for three weeks. And this was during the Christmas season even. After that, they reopened, and the first sermon after they reopened for all of their regular activities was Christ and the Shepherd. And they praised the Lord leading into the new year. In other words, this church has been through this before. But more importantly, the church of God has been through this before, globally and in the United States. Our text today, and I'll be brief with it, is Luke chapter 4, starting in verse 14. It says, And Jesus returned in the power of the Holy Spirit to Galilee. And a report about him went out through the surrounding country, and he taught in their synagogues, being glorified by all. As we encounter this crisis, as Pastor Derek said, we have the opportunity to present to the world a different reaction than that of panic or hoarding or profiteering or any of the other sorts of things that people are doing right now. Just in the New York Times yesterday, there was reported of a man in Kentucky who had 17,000 bottles of hand sanitizers that he was no longer able to sell because Amazon had shut down profiteering and reselling. And this man wanted to make a boatload of cash off of it. And there was another interview with a couple in Vancouver who had made $100,000 off of reselling toilet paper and wipes. We are not those people. We are wise, and we ought to be wise. But we ought also to consider that when Christ went in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, that the report that went about around him caused people to worship 
him and his father. And so we ask the question today, does what we do cause people to worship God and give glory to Jesus because of how we react? Or do we increase fear and take advantage of other people? I wrote this document, and I want to just go over it quickly before I touch on a few things uh, to apply. I wrote... In 1918, I covered that already, and I said, we'll keep Sunday going, but we'll cancel all other activities for the next three weeks. I did not put this in the bulletin because I just found out late last night. The women's conference is also canceled, for those of you that were going to sign up for that. And I'll let you know of any other cancellations upcoming. You can watch our live stream online, and if we switch to online only. I'll send that out in an email and I will still come to the church and do it here so that we can have it on our live stream and be recorded. How do we respond as individuals and families? Do not be afraid, but be wise. Wash your hands thoroughly all the time. I'm not a hand washer. Yesterday I washed my hands 15 times during the course of the day. Going into Costco, I washed my hands. Then I washed my hands before I ate a delicious Costco hot dog. And then I washed my hands in the bathroom, and then I washed my hands again on the way out of Costco. That was just one trip. Avoid large crowds, people who are showing symptoms in other places you could catch this disease. Maintain phone, text, email, online contact with one another to ensure folks are healthy and have enough food and supplies. If you are younger and healthy, help with shopping or doing projects for people with compromised health and our seniors. See me if you need ideas of people that might need help with this. I also have reached out to some medical healthcare professionals that I know that are at Forsyth Hospital. And if we are healthy and there is a significant emergency as some health people are saying will occur, we may need us that are healthy and younger to step up and provide childcare for our healthcare providers here in this area. And we can do that here in this church. And I can do that. And if I have to stay here for a week and sleep down on the floor down there, I was a youth pastor for 10 years. I slept on the floor of a church many, many times. And if you're interested in helping with that, as need arises, I'll let you know. We pray that it will not, but should it happen, we want to be ready to respond. If you are in a low-risk group, but you do feel ill, you need to self-isolate, you already need to be pushing people away out of your life anyway and working from home and doing all the things that the healthcare professionals tell you to do. But take your temperature. I read today that 88% of the cases that they have identified indicated a high temperature. And out of all the potential uh, effects of this, that the temperature is the thing that is most indicative. Drink lots of fluids, watch your fever, stay away from people as if you had the flu, uh, contact your doctor through telemedicine, don't necessarily go driving in anywhere. If you are in a high-risk group, 60-plus, immune-compromised or other pre-existing conditions, self-isolate and contact your physician. I read today that in France, Half of the cases which were requiring hospitalization are individuals under 60 years old. So the young are also being affected by this as they have other conditions. And we need to be wise. What should we do during this time of isolation? Well, the tendency, and as indicated by their stock price going up when all the other ones went down, would be to just flick on Netflix. 
and rewatch the entire 25 seasons of Friends for the 30th time, or whatever it is that you want to do. And it's not wrong to take in some entertainment, but I encourage you, use this opportunity of isolation to develop spiritual disciplines of prayer, scripture reading, spiritual meditation, and Bible memorization. A lot of times in our lives, we can surround ourselves with excuses for why we didn't have time to read the Bible or we didn't have time to pray. And during these times of isolation or quarantine, these times of social distancing, those excuses are being removed. Young people are home from school. Many of us are being forced to work from home. Introverts are going, yeah, well, that's good. Extroverts like me are shaking so quickly that we're practically like invisible. We're like dying. I, I asked one of our young ladies how she was doing. She said, I already did my mending pile and I cleaned my entire apartment yesterday. Now it's day two. I don't know what to do. So we'll make it through together, all of you that are the outward type. Here's one I want to challenge you to do. Read a good book. And you say, well, pastor, I don't have a good book. Well, that's what pastors do. We accumulate good books. Whether it's R.C. Sproul, a book of I.C.S. Lewis about his early life and faith. This is one of my favorite recent books. It's a book called The Secret Like Thoughts of an Unlikely Convert, an English Professor's Journey into Christian Faith. This is an amazing testimony of God at work. Mark Knoll's Turning Points, if you want to read church history. You might say, wow, those are too big, Pastor Ben. All right, we got some Tozer. We got a book on Delighting in the Trinity, The Root of the Righteous by Tozer. The best of A.W. Tozer. So you could just flip through that and literally every page will be good. And he dwelt among us. Another great Tozer book, that one going through the Gospel of John. Well, you might say, Pastor Ben, that's still too long. I have The Pursuit of God by A.W. Tozer. Look at it. Okay, if you can't read that, I will read it to you over the phone. Okay? I got two copies, so I want them gone. You guys can take them home. If you have teenagers in your house or young children and you want to know how should I deal with technology, this book came out last year called The Tech Wise Family. Take it on home. What about this great book here, a little one that, that came out a few years back. It's just What is the Gospel? If you want a very easy explanation of what the Gospel is and how it works in our lives. And then if you want some more challenging stuff, here is John Piper's great book, Desiring God, Meditations of a Christian Hedonist, and then this wonderful book by Timothy Keller called Prayer. If you want to develop your prayer life, I tell you what, this book will encounter you in very, very special ways. Take any of those books. Go into my library and look at other books. Look online. There is a Christian Classics Ethereal Library, CCEL. Tons of free books going back 2,000 years. Charles Spurgeon said, We are quite persuaded that the very best way for you to be spending your leisure time is either to be reading or praying. And when Paul was laid up and isolated, had nowhere to go, and he was older... What did he write to his younger friend Timothy? Send me books. This is a man who had been caught up in the seventh heaven, who wrote a lot of the Bible itself, and yet what did he want even in his old age? Send me books. How about this one? And millennials, this is going to be hard for you to hear. 
call people. I didn't say text. I'm a millennial. When I get a phone call, I think someone has died. That's how it works, right? You're like, oh my goodness, they're actually calling me. Oh, are you okay? Uh, no. Call people. Call especially our seniors. Miss Betty, I don't think we're able to set the stream up for her today. She called me yesterday and said, Pastor Ben, can you set up the stream for me? And, and I said, sure, we'll try. And then she, I called her back. I said, well, Miss Betty, do you have email? And she said, or do you have internet? And she said, well, no, I don't. So give her a call. Give her a call such to where her phone has a busy signal. Or she says, please stop calling. I'm too tired. Do that with all of our folks in this church who are going to need to be isolated for several weeks. Avoid too much news media. A lot of us have a tendency to just leave it on in the back of our houses while the day goes on. You will only heighten your anxieties and fear when you let the news media run in the background constantly. Follow our Facebook page, which you can see there or on our website. I'm going to have some blog posts, some meditations, and Olivia, my wife, has even challenged me to make videos, which I've never done. In fact, I've run away from. And we're going to do it together. Yeah, of me talking, video, like videos of like Bible studies and stuff. Should be interesting. Above all, recall that Jesus is Lord always and evermore. And because of that, we say with Paul, death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh, death, is your victory? Where, O oh, death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, he gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So what do we do in the face of all this? These are practical things, but let's talk about spiritual for just a couple minutes. If you are afraid, the answer lies in verse 14. Jesus returned. Mind you, he returned from being tempted by Satan himself for 40 days without food or water leading up to it. He was starving. He was tired. And then he was tempted. And what got him through? The Spirit. And then what filled him from then on? The Spirit. If you are afraid... The only answer that I can give you is the one that the Word gives us, which is the Spirit. If you look in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6, he says, For this reason, Paul says to his son in the faith, Timothy, For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and of love and of self-control. If you are afraid, the Spirit is your answer and your friend. To those who are not afraid, to those who are feeling confident, so confident that you walk in the room and you try to give somebody a hug and they flee and wonder what's wrong with you, consider carefully how the Spirit would lead you in your public witness today. Don't let your own natural pride overwhelm where the Spirit might be telling you to be gentle and loving. The Spirit is threefold, as is mentioned in Timothy. It says you have received a spirit not of fear, but of what? Love and self-control. 
The Spirit does not make us brazen or brash. The Spirit does not make us ignore people that are telling us their wisdom from their many years of studying health and studying the human body. The Spirit teaches us to love. And right now, out of love, this concept of social distancing is the most loving thing that we can do. The idea that we need to space ourselves out to give air high fives, or even as some have taken to doing, to do the old live long and prosper, as they do in... Yeah, some of you can't do it. I see you trying it right now. Do you know that the actor who, who did that, Leonard Nimoy was his name, he couldn't do it, so whenever you see it on screen, he's always lifting it up because he does it in his lap first, and then he would lift it up. So don't feel bad. If the character actor himself couldn't do it, and you can't, that's okay. Just do it in your lap and then lift it up. You'll be okay. <laughs> Finally, two words of challenge from a church that was dealing with this in those days. We're not novel to this. We're not new to this. This is written by a, a pastor during the time of the epidemic that they faced in 1918, 1919, the Spanish flu. He wrote that there is certainly in this time, a time of epidemic, a necessity to wrestle with the reality of death. To ask of ourselves, are we really believers in what we say we believe? We need to be able to say, as he said, even if death came, we knew it was all right. The apostle says, it is gain for me to die. Death had no terrors for him. He says, the hour of my departure is at hand. I have fought the good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me the crown of glory, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give at that day. And not only to me, but to all them that love him at his appearing. And it was this same apostle who flung in the face of death his defiance. O death, where is your sting? If you're afraid today... I want to ask if you believe. And if you don't believe, now is the time to believe. To believe that Jesus' death and resurrection, that his substitutionary atonement for our sins was sufficient to secure for us an eternal hope. Not just a hope that transcends this given moment, but a hope that takes us all the way through to the rest of our days on earth and into eternity in his glorious presence. If you leave here thinking, yeah, that's all well, good, your advice that you gave, Pastor Ben, but you don't actually acknowledge that Jesus is Lord. You have chosen death, not life. No matter how many times you wash your hands, no matter how much social distancing you practice, even if you make it through this current virus, whatever it might be, at some point, it is appointed once for all men to die and then to face judgment. And so if you don't believe, now is the time to believe that Jesus is sufficient for us. His grace is enough to overcome our sins. His love took him to Calvary, to the cross, where his blood covered over everything we have ever done wrong 
if we would only accept it. Now, we aren't going to pass the bread and the cup, but this would be the appropriate time to do it. Because we acknowledge in the bread and the cup a transcendence over flesh and over blood, over all disease, over all panic, over any kind of trial that we might face. Christ is enough for us. His grace and his peace can rule in our hearts no matter what happens in this world. Do you believe that? I do. Let's pray. God, as we encounter a world struggling, striving and fighting against fear itself, and we encounter people who would profit from this, whose greed would drive them to rob others of their hope, as we encounter in our own families questions from our kids and our parents and grandparents and others that we love who are wondering what happens next. Would you have us be people who exude the Spirit to such an extent that others who see us give glory to God the Father? Would you give us such an overwhelming sense of your presence in our lives from moment to moment and day to day that as others wonder, is God real in this moment of crisis, the answer resoundingly is yes. Would you make us into people of peace who are willing to go the extra mile and then some to reach into the lives of those who are suffering right now? Lord, we must not be foolish, but we must also live by the Spirit. And if you lead us, Lord, into danger for your glory, we will do it. God, would you send away this virus right now? You are the great physician, the healer, the Lord of all. You are seated on the throne. Lord, that it is here must be your will. And we ask, Lord, that it be your will, that it be gone. Lord, in all of this, whether we suffer or we are at ease, Lord, whether we have to run into danger to save others or we can rest knowing that you have brought peace, whatever the scenario, we give you the glory because you are the king and you love us. And above all, because you sent your son Jesus running into danger on our behalf, dying on our behalf to conquer death in us. We want to be like him, Lord God. Would you mold us into his image, whatever that might mean in the coming hours and days and weeks and months. Let us be as Christ to the world. In your name we pray, amen.